Getting campers through the door and keeping them there is an art form of empathy, creativity, and execution. Today, we speak with two experts in the field who have literally created a playbook that can be utilized and appreciated by day camp pros, young and old. This is the Day Camp Pod. This is the Day Camp Pod from Go Camp Pro, bringing you the best ideas, strategies, and discussions in the day camp industry. You can find our show notes at daycamppodcast.com. A big thanks to our sponsors who make the Day Camp Pod possible. The Day Camp Podcast is brought to you by CRS, Commercial Recreation Specialists, your go-to source for recreation solutions that will ensure your camp thrives. Explore their website today at crs4rec.com. CRS is serious about fun. Scheduling shouldn't be so difficult and take as much time as it does. Come check out Camp Timpties to learn about all of our scheduling tools specifically designed for camps by camp people. Save time, get rid of the mistakes, and get back to enjoying your summer. Find out more at camptivities.com. Welcome back to the Day Camp Podcast. I'm Andy Pritikin, Director of Liberty Lake in the Philly suburbs of New Jersey. I'm Sam Thompson from Crystal Lake Park District, Crystal Lake, Illinois. And we are joined by some old friends of ours, Travis Allison and Joanna Warren-Smith. Travis, the co-founder of Go Camp Pro, respected camp podcaster, staff trainer, and marketing consultant. And, and also, you're still like the curator of what I would call the new summer camp professionals. And, and I, just, I wanted you, Travis, to take a moment and sort of explain what the new thing is, how to get into it, and all that kind of thing. Because, you know, some people were bummed out that this this behemoth on Facebook sort of, you know, disappeared one or got locked one day. And and it went to a new thing that I'm getting regular emails about and some very interesting stuff. So I was I wanted to give you the floor for a second on that. Yeah, thanks, Andy. And Sam, I'm so grateful to be here with you both. Um, the the new thing is called SummerCamp.pro. It is a different service. Um, that is a little easier for us to offer a lot more value to people. So if you got good stuff out of the Summer Camp Professionals Facebook group, but found it a little overwhelming, then you check out summercamp.pro. It's a little more manageable. And I think the level of conversation is a little bit above what do I do on a rainy Tuesday? Yeah, no, it's been great. And also you've been sending uh, job openings out on there too. And like legit ones, like legit good ones which yeah. has been a serious resource for camp yeah. people because that's something we hear all the time is the, uh, you know, the younger uh, crew. Like, how do I break into the top level? How do I get a director job and stuff like that? And I'm, I'm seeing like every, once a week yep. kind of thing coming every through. Tuesday. Yeah, no, it's been super. Yeah. And Joanna or Smith, are, are you in Los Angeles? Are we um, all going to be jealous? Where are you? Actually, we're in Indio, California. Uh-huh. So it's, it's still God's country, and that's a good thing. Wonderful. Would we say that you're in your third decade of doing this stuff, of helping camps out, or what? At least. And it's, <laughs> at least. At least. And it's still as challenging as it's ever been. True. Uh, maybe even more challenging. And, and but, I, but I would also say that your... Uh, your knowledge base, your wisdom, like your actually, I mean, they're just their business tips. I mean, and marketing tips, like that's what they really are. They still hold true, you know. Like you, you know, your th- this this playbook that you guys put out, it's really old school in many ways. Old school I, and new school because talking with focus groups, parents, um, even you know things we heard this summer, it's just amazing. They keep me honest, uh, parents. They're not messing around. They have a lot to say about the camp experience, and they are right on. What I'm seeing at camp 
and what they're telling me, they mesh out. And it's uh, it's good input. Well, Joanna, you gave us a tip last spring. Um, well, almost a year ago. Um, one of the ones was uh, to take your rosters from the summer before, uh, compare it with your registration, and that way you can see not only who's not returning, but also if a certain camp group had people not returning, which indicated that counselor shouldn't be coming back, um, you know, and you could get a lot of information out of that. And I did it last year after we talked and it was really um, valuable. It really was helpful. It kind of surprised me yes. about how many were returning. And then um, you did see a little bit of, okay, this counselor, we knew that something was going on. Um, yeah. So. Usually it's affirming about the counselors. Yeah. Um, you you're like this, that, you know, I, I do a lot of that kind of breaking it down, looking at it. And, and a couple of years ago, I did it by color war team. Cause we do, we break our, our, like, a, like an Olympics with five teams. Yeah. And, and my son was the general for the tie dye team. And the tie-dye team had an unbelievable return rate just from this one week. Think about this one week. But they had so much spirit, and their songs were great, and they just had such community that they built so quickly that their their return rate was like 10 or 20% higher than the other ones. And you can help parents uh, to see reasons for coming back if you can solve potential problems that you have, you know, whether it's a dynamic in a group. Um, whatever the issue can possibly be. So that's a technique that's used by a lot of camps, day and resident. Um, to the point in day camps, there are retention rates that are calculated on bus groups as well. Mm, so Absolutely. Yeah, don't forget about the buses. You start and end your day with that. Yeah, no doubt. So, so, so this is my goal. Okay. We want to give these people a taste of the playbook because everybody should own this darn playbook. Okay. Because it's, it's not expensive and it's super, super resourceful for people. So, so um, we're going to hit on all various things. And, and of course, like bigger concepts. And, and the biggest concept to me that the way that, the way that you laid out the playbook, because what they did is they laid it out month by month. And it starts with September, which to me is like the most important month of the entire year because you're literally sort of setting up your entire you know, thing. You're looking back and looking forward and enrolling people, you know, if you're one of those camps that enroll things. Joanna, what do you feel about that, being out there in California? You know, I'm part of the Wake Day Camp group, and I know a lot of them listen to this podcast. And a lot of those folks, they don't open enrollment until after the new year. What are your thoughts on that? Which is unbelievable. You know, <laughs> you, you can't. You can't stop recruitment. You can't stop enrollment. It's got to be an ongoing process. You know, when do I begin? Never stop. It's you're going 12 months a year. And that's that's what we wanted, because, you know, the reality is whenever you're going to refocus on your enrollment efforts, it's you, you start when you start. And you just get your momentum going. And that's why we put this together the way it is, so that anyone can dive in when they're ready. And then it makes sense. The steps are there bit by bit, and it's manageable. It's bite-sized, and it can be done. Well, by it's it. the only way to make it manageable and bite-sized is to do it over the course of the calendar year. I feel like most day camp directors, they go through this like 
four months of like borderline trauma, right? Where it's just like, <laughs> wow, it's just so intense, right? Yeah. And then they like, you know, they they want to put their feet up a little bit and relax. And the next thing you know, it's like the holidays. <laughs> Right. And you just you just missed all this time to, as I always say, bury your acorns. Right. Mm. You know, yeah. and, and do that work to, to set things up, because I've been doing this now for over a quarter century. And no matter how much time and effort I do to follow your playbook kind of stuff, it's still by the time I get to April. I'm completely overwhelmed. April, May, June, I'm like, you know, barely treading water. Like I'm barely breathing, you know, to, to make it happen. Um, because most camp people, I think a profile is that we want to do so much. We have so many ideas we want to do and all this kind of thing. Right. And then we get to the finish line, like the start of camp is sort of like the finish line of your off season. And you got to go. And and that's another thing, too, that I noticed from your playbook, looking at it as a 12-month thing, is that there's a lot of stuff that needs to happen as soon as camp ends, and you can't start planning it then. So I want to go back to September. So talk to me, guys, a little about September. Um, I have to say, guys, I, I have my playbook all marked up with highlighter and, you know, tabs. But so the awesome thing I like the most is that you gave us a framework to put our statistics in every month. To keep us on track, to keep us like, you know, you're going to explain all these wonderful things, but you gave us a way to organize it within the playbook. So anyway, that's my favorite part. Travis, talk about the metrics. Well, yeah, it is something that I think Joanne and I both um, run into that's frustrating for us, that people can't tell us where their kids came from, where their new kids came from. They can't tell us year over year um to do all these things and we get it like it coming this job of being a good camp director uh is hard and a lot of us didn't get into it because we love the businessy side of it but this goes back to what you were saying before andy i understand that thinking about marketing in september can make it feel overwhelming at the put up your feet stage but we're doing this and we've outlined it so that um, when it's continuous, you don't have to start from scratch in January. You've got things rolling. You've made contact. It's not the first time that you're reaching out to folks whenever you open registration, if it's November or January 1st or whatever. It's like, that's not the first time they've heard from you. We've laid out what you can do to talk to them and do all that. And the stats piece really is um, having some smart ways of understanding what works. Um, the amount of, I could not tell you the hundreds of thousands of dollars of unaccounted marketing dollars that I have looked at through camp director clients, meaning that they're put out $100,000 or more, like lots of camps, so it's a few hundred thousand dollars that I have seen when we talk about marketing budgets with them, and they can't tell me what works. They can't tell me which dollar actually works. So we're spending $1,000 on this camp fair. Okay, how many campers do you get from that? I don't know. Um, we're buying this ad. I don't know. So this stats piece is let's get thinking about what works. Let's keep an eye on things. Let's know when we have to turn the dial up a little higher. Let's know when we're on track. We can give ourselves a pat in the back, but not quit, not relax. Um, but I honestly think that the my the, the takeaway that I hope people will get about this being around is that it is easier for you to market your camp if you do it this way instead of just starting from scratch, you know, some camps start from scratch the day before registration opens. And so anyway, all of those things, if you, if you want to have a good opening day, you start letting people know two months ahead of time. 
Um, and that's all the pieces of this laid out in that way. Yeah. Well, we could talk about opening day. That could be a whole episode of the day camp podcast. <laughs> and, and and one of the things that you talk about in, in the playbook is the expectations of an opening day. And, um, I, I feel uh, very strongly that you should you should give a real reality check of what it's going to be like for these kids. You know, we're in an indoor society right now. These kids are used to just like sitting around on the couch and, and watching things or on screens or sitting in the classroom or whatever. And they come to a camp like mine or Sam's, which is mostly outdoors. And, you know, that's a big, big change. These kids have to, it takes a few days to get their sea legs under them. Like they're going to be exhausted. I tell my parents right out front, I say, your kids are going to come home and they're going to wake up the next morning and be like, I don't want to go back. I'm tired. <laughs> right? right. But and they need to expect that. It. If you don't tell them that, then they're going to be like, oh my God, this camp must stink. The kid doesn't want to go back. Right. It's, so it's tired. all about, you, you guys do a great job of outlining how to onboard people, especially new families. And I, that is the biggest takeaway of this thing. The next, your next issue should be the playbook for hiring staff because it's so similar <laughs> in many ways. Totally. And all, I'm being hundred percent serious. It's, it's similar. The whole month thing and all that stuff, because, because onboarding these people, most of these people, they sign up in, in whatever, let's say they sign up in January, right? For them not to get anything from you until you send them like a camp parent handbook in in may or june that's like 40 pages long that they're not even going to read right and and then they start and their expectations are all over the place right so so your way of sort of parsing it out and all wonderful um travis and i feel very strongly that uh there are five monthly targets and it's going to be consistent not yet enrolled campers. You have got to keep them emotionally connected to camp. Not You're not doing sales pitches to them, but you're saying, remember this? Oh, aren't you looking forward to that? And if you're a new camper, here's what you need to know about camp. These are the words we use. This is the language we use. These are the traditions that go on at camp. This is the fun part about it. So a child is prepared. So a returning child feels responsibility. So everybody feels connected. And kids have a huge say in the decision-making. So keeping in touch with the not-yet-enrolled kids, keeping in touch with the not-yet-enrolled parents with that message that says, why is this valuable? Not just the sales pitch. Then the new acquisition people You've got to bring new acquisition, new new potential into the mix all the time. You know, so many camp directors feel like if we build it, they will come. They won't if you aren't out there prospecting, developing new interests, telling people what good work it is you do. And then you have got to nurture those relationships with the upcoming summer parents separately from the upcoming summer campers. And if you do a little bit of that every single month, everyone is going to be ready for the upcoming summer. You will have a higher retention rate and a much higher referral rate. Yeah. And that's what the playbook is all about. Yeah. You know, and the playbook to me, it could also be, it could have a sub like a title called the, the 
camp director anti-laziness book because there's just so much in there that like you should be doing, but you probably don't because it's easier to do it this way or whatever, do it easy way, right? And one of the things is like you're talking about the not yet enrolled families versus the enrolled families, the new the versus the brand new families. That's yep. when you write an email, when you write communications to your families, that's three different emails. Even if the content is the same. The main, like the main points are the same. The initial paragraph, the end paragraph should completely be contoured for those people. So they know you're speaking to them. And you know how my not yet enrolled emails start off in red, you know, bold italics. You are not enrolled yet because most of these people <laughs> think they're enrolled. Right. <laughs> and they're like, what? <laughs> And so as soon as I send those things out, I got like 20 enrollments. Bam. You know, happened immediately. Oh, oh, so oh, smart. Exactly. Smart. Oh, right in there, Joanna. I'm sorry. Um, where you talked about um, most parents say they don't get a follow through or a return message. And I had just had somebody a week or so ago that asked for scholarship info. And I thought, wait a second. Was that the only time I talked to them? I should go back and give them another message. So um, that struck me. And when you're following up with parents who have been with you two, three, four years, and you're sending them the same thing you sent them the third year, the second year, the first year, it's redundancy. Yeah, they're just shutting they're not, it out. They're yeah. not registering it. it. So you're, Andy, you're precisely right that you've got to be refining, refurbishing, you know, making that email fresh, making the subject line fresh so that they're going, whoa, what is yeah, this? Photos, throwing photos in there, keeping it fresh. You can't over communicate. You can use too many words, but you cannot over communicate. I'd like to speak to something you said when we first started All right, talking. You've got to hold on to that though. We're going to sh give a shout out to some of our, our sponsors because we have partners that make that make this podcast even possible to bring out to you. And the first one's been with us from day one at CRS, Commercial Recreation Specialists. And you see these guys at every single conference. They are the ultimate middlemen and women that find awesome products and bring them to camps with the sort of camp consultancy aspect to it also. You know, whether it's the big water park stuff, the, the things you bounce on, you know, the little cars. I mean, we talk about these things all the time and, and the shade structures. I mean, my gosh, you know, that's a big topic. You see it all the time now at, at camp conferences, how to deal with the heat, how to deal with this intense sun, how to deal with this new situation that we have. And they have terrific shade structures that you can put up on telephone poles or whatever and keep those kids nice and cool. Um, I remember going to Australia about a decade ago where it's even more intense, uh, the hot and the heat out there. And they have it on everything, every single playground, anywhere kids can be outside. They got giant shade structures. So guess what, Americans? It's coming. So invest in your sage structures, give them a call, uh, go to crs4rec.com because CRS is serious about fun. And now we take you back to Joanna Warren-Smith. <laughs> Andy, when we first started talking about doing this podcast, you kind of jokingly said, is anybody worried about enrollment these days? It's a good time for camp. Yes, it is. Because after the pandemic, parents were so grateful. When I was doing my focus groups, I had to work hard to get constructive criticism because parents would say, oh, I can't say anything bad about camp. I'm just so grateful for camp. And <laughs> many operators kind of took that to mean, ah, I can do anything I want. 
I don't have to work hard. Uh, that's that 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 can lead you down the wrong path. And and camp directors sitting back and saying, oh, these enrollments are just going to keep flowing in. It's very easy to get out of the rhythm of recruiting. And then oh, yeah. difficult to come up against it when all of a sudden you're missing the population and mm-hmm. the tension is down and then try to get back into it. So that's that's another reason for the playbook because the rhythms can be there. You can do it almost without thinking about it. And everyone, even the camp that is managing wait lists, needs to be proactive about their recruitment. Absolutely. And new acquisitions. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, if you're at that point where you have some weight lifts going at your camp or you're near capacity or whatever, it is not, you do not stop branding, right? And by the way, what is the greatest marketing you could ever do in your entire camp? Having somebody call your camp and tell you that there's weeks closed out. Like, that is the best. Like, you need to keep that going. Keep that word of mouth happening. And hey, you know, you got to sign up really early at this place. Otherwise, you're not going to get in. Like, you you know, that is better than any full page ad for $1,200 that you could put in any newspaper or magazine and that kind of thing. So, yeah, you, you have to keep it going. I agree. There's nothing wrong with, um, with, with, with putting the word out there and, and bringing people in and, and making it be, hey, you know what? If, if you maybe you only get a couple weeks this year, if you want more, then next year you sign up early, that kind of thing. The quintessential early bird is not a financial incentive. It's not a sweatshirt. It's not a toque. It is. If you are, <laughs> if you want your spot, sign up now. That's the quintessential, and that's yeah. what. And you talk about that complacency of camp directors. And and I know a lot of people listen to this podcast that just got into this in like the last decade or so. Okay. But let me tell you a story about like 2007, 2008. Okay. When the recession hit and all these camps that have been doing it up for like 10, 15 years, and they were just turning the faucet and those kids were coming out all of a sudden the recession hit and these camps had no clue what to do. They had no idea. Right. They, they forgot. They were just like, well, this will pass. That was the, that is what I heard from people. <laughs> and instead everything changed. And then what happened 10 years later, there was a pandemic. So, so you have to keep these mechanisms going. I totally agree with you. Communication, Travis's favorite subject. Yeah, it's How true. to communicate. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Um, all right, I'll, I'll keep it rolling here. So another thing that you, you talked about a lot um, that, I, that I really appreciated was um was alumni you mentioned mm-hmm. and i really feel like that that is usually reserved for resident camps you know that's cuz they think about that a lot more than day camps do and if you have a if you're in a day camp that's been around more than 20 years well then guess who's available the children Those of kids. your former campers mm-hmm. they are out there and um now, now this but this is the thing Travis and this is where I wonder what you think about this so I'm a day camp I have my database and I have my information from 15 20 years ago yep. okay but none of those email addresses are necessarily going to work right yep. so so what ideas do you have for day camps for nurturing an alumni base that maybe that's out there they're in the communities right but we don't necessarily know how to get to them yeah 
Uh, the other, let me sort of qualify this or or tune it specifically to day camp. The the thing about alumni is, and this is partly my bias too, but I think it suits day camp so well. Is when I my first inclination when I talk about alumni for me is staff alumni, and I think your staff alumni have a connection to to day camp or overnight camp very strong, and that's that's a good. Uh, easy group to communicate with and sell camp on. So that's why alumni is worth focusing on because they know about you. They may have some perceptions that are a little old, the way things used to be, um, but they, they care for you. They care for what happens. They know um, what sort of experiences. So they're a good group to put uh, to put the energy into. And to get them to kind of come out of the woodwork, there's lots of different things you can do. Um, I love uh, a friend of mine had um, for their camp, they they put out a thing on their social media that they wanted, um, they created new like baby clothes with camp on, you know, like future LAT 20. Yeah. 27 LHG, Future Liberty Lake Camper. I got them. I have them in the toddler size and yeah. the infant size. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they put it out there that they would send, if you knew someone, a camp alum, like if you were a camp alum who was following camp and you knew of another camp alum who was expecting a baby, let us know and we'll send them one of these. Any any Anybody who's ever worked at camp will send your kid one of these. That was a great way for them to reestablish connection. So we had people who were connected watching the social media putting out to their friends who they were probably socially still connected to, but not necessarily following the camp. And that was a good, smart way to offer some incentive that said to alums, yeah, I want to be reconnected. Uh, I want to be oh, a, great. A part of the camp. Community. Everybody forgets about the staff. Everybody forgets about it. It's, it's yeah, crazy, right? It's surprising we, to we me, have, but, we have yeah. the DEI conversation. How do I get my camp more diverse? Well, you can start with the staff, you yeah, know, it's like totally. start right there, you know, like, yeah. like it's just the staff is like the low hanging fruit in so many of these, these conversations. Um, we have a, a Facebook alumni page, mm -hmm. just, hey. a fa just, uh, just for alumni, like yep. literally like alumni. Yeah, and that's, that's a great, great uh, clearinghouse because I'll post these old things and, and people start tagging their friends who are not in the group, you know, and that gets that, them in. That's the best way to extend it. Remember, your, your alumni can be campers, parents of campers, staff, and if you happen to have volunteers. So you've got a wide array of, of alumni. Um, and you've got your alumni, I can't call them zealots anymore, enthusiasts, the ones who are already connected, and they will help you project your name, project your eagerness to get the group back together. And I love an annual appeal not for money, okay? And that is to reach out to all your alumni, your friends, family, everyone who knows you and loves you, and say, annual appeal, no money involved. People are going to go, what, what, what? Tell us the name of a college student or high school senior. Many day camps will offer jobs to high school seniors who would be a great role model and send them our benefits package or let them know about we have jobs and we pay pretty well. Now, camps can say that. And secondarily, do you know a child who would benefit from our camp experience? What a great way to increase both pools of applicants and potential campers. Two things with that. You, um, you, oh, now I'm going to lose it. Um, <laughs> One, the first thing was we're doing an alumni um, float on the 4th of July parade, which a lot of day camps 
do that kind of thing in their communities. Mm-hmm. So that we're going to do anyone who went to camp that's a parent of a camper now or any staff that are still in town that want to be on the float. The other thing, one of your points in the playbook with asking them about people they know who would be good staff members is to do it now so you don't seem desperate. Yep. So that I liked. Yeah, And especially with the holidays coming up, because family is going to be together, friends are going to be together, that college student walks through the door, do you have a summer job? Perfect. Yeah, because in a few weeks, those college students are going to be all wrapped up in their their schoolwork again. So you have like you have like a month a window. Yeah, you have a window. You got got to take advantage of it. And any day camp that doesn't send a video home, the holidays of snapshots of great camp pictures to share with the family. I'd love to start this at Thanksgiving, but Mm -hmm. also any holiday you can leverage any holiday into a promotional opportunity for camp. Show this to your family and friends. And the nephew, the niece. Yep. Yep. We're, we're, we're doing a world premiere of our video yearbook on Friday night, December 22nd on, on uh, Zoom. And then it'll be posted on all our our social media platforms oh, because okay. I want people watching it It'd be in that week between Christmas and New Year's when those kids are sitting home twiddling their funds. Now, they now you know, they can go to YouTube on their TV and they can watch the video that way. I don't even have to send them a DVD or anything yeah. like that. Huge okay. savings of money. Your point is a good one because... You need to have innovative, creative ways of communicating. It can't be the same boring email style all the time. Let's do it this way. Let's do it that way. You know, get airplanes. No, that's a great point, Joanna. And you, you've been around long enough to see the trends with this, right? So think about it. For like 50 years, what was that communication? It was literally a letter. <laughs> People yeah. got letters, yeah. like a boring-ass letter, right, that just like listed things, right? Then four-color you know, graphic art started coming. So now those letters had like a flyer, a flashy-looking flyer in it with some pictures of some kids from the summer, right? And now, fast forward to now, and it's just emails. It's just emails and, and your people's email inboxes are turning into like what our mailboxes used to look like in the eighties where they're just, it's just junk mail for now 98% of it. And if you look at your open rates of emails that you send to parents when their kids are not at staff, it's pretty depressing, frankly. And in focus groups, parents are saying they really would prefer text. So if there's communication, Mm. especially during camp, Yes. Transportation awareness. Right. They want to know when the bus is arriving. And I know that's a terrible topic for take camps. I think mean, it's just <laughs> GPS, Joanna. You got to get GPSs on the buses for the parents. That's what you got to get them. That's that's that's, that's literally where we're at. Yeah. Right. You know, and if you and if your bus company doesn't have GPS, then buy a couple dozen Apple AirTags or something like that. Yeah. Like there's ways to make this there happen. There are ways. Yeah. And parents, parents need yeah. to happen, and you need for it to happen. Right, but we listen. We are in an age of video. Okay, 100%. the biggest thing that people are looking at now, whether it's on Facebook or TikTok or Instagram, it's reels, it's it's stories, and it's TikToks. Right, people want to see short videos, so that's the way you have to roll. And um, and and better than an email sometimes, or mix it in. 
mix it in is is make a video of if you know if you're not the kind of person that likes talking in front of people get the person at your company that does right yeah. and stick them in front of the nicest part of your camp and give them a good microphone and let and and make a make a short video out of it right it, you, you're looking for engagement yeah. that's right. what it's about according to parents and focus groups you could post a thousand pictures a day and it would not be enough they need some context they need to understand because often parents will see a visual and they won't understand what it is. The four of us will get a camp picture because we've been there. We've done that. We know what it is. But a parent doesn't quite understand it. So the visual is not sufficient. Oh, yeah. So in terms, And a new parent has zero idea what it is. And we're going to pick up on that as soon as I get back from talking to you about my friends from California and captivities, because you know, you know, the, the impact that you want to make on a kid's life, a lot of it has to do with the program that you have at your camp, right? And scheduling is a huge pain in the butt. I remember my first couple of years working at a camp, I was up till two in the morning with these giant sheets of paper and all this kind of thing to make it happen. And it doesn't have to be that way. It's 2023, for God's sake. 2024 and like two, well, maybe even by the time this thing comes out, it'll be almost 2024. So let Camptivities help you create a balanced and engaging schedule without the mistakes, without the typos, right? And without those long nights. Okay, we're talking about auto scheduling. AI, my friends, camper scheduling, group scheduling, elective scheduling, manual adjustments, over 50 reports, tons of customizable uh, settings, and so much more. So if you're looking for a better way to schedule this summer, they are ready to talk to you. And by the way, if you call them now, all right, maybe they'll give you that 2023 pricing, okay, before it goes up, all right? So visit camptivities.com and set up a time, okay, with Ryan and his crew. They're a bunch of awesome people, all right? And let them help you get away from your desk and get outside and enjoy the, the part of camp that you actually you know, signed up for. All right. So anyway, back to the grind here. What I wanted to talk about was no matter how much you think you're prepping your new families for the summer, they are still clueless, right? You have to, you have to expect, and this goes back to what I wrote in the intro, right? Like to me, I'm reading this book and I'm like, people don't empathize enough with their stakeholders. They don't empathize enough for the brand new staff, the brand new camp parent, the returning camp parent, the returning staff person that's been there for 10 years. They, we just like lose this empathy because we're so busy just preaching one way to the staff and one way to the parents, right? And breaking it into these groups is so important. And, you know, these new acquisition people you talk about, right? Once they sign up, they need to get into a pipeline of onboarding that's seriously intentional because you could paint pictures and send uh, videos and, and all this kind of stuff. And their kid is going to get off that bus or out of their car on that first day of camp. And it's going to feel like, it's going to feel like hitting the beaches of Normandy. Okay. <laughs> and saving private Ryan. It's ain't going to be pretty in their heads. They're going to be scared out of their mind. Okay. There's going to be all kinds of secretions and excretions happening and they're going to be whatever. And, and we want to make this thing as smooth as possible. It doesn't have to be that way. It can be better, right? Like one of the things that we do, besides stuff that I email them and mail them and stuff like that, we do a meet the counselors night. You know, mm -hmm. we have a training and the last hour and a half of it is meet the counselors and the parents show up. And those parents that have the time and ability to do that kind of thing come out and meet. And, you know, we want to make that first day as smoothly as possible. And you have to have, it's real commitment to that. And these are people, and you know, what, what's the expression, the, the abbreviation you had of like the, there's acquisition cost, 
And then there's like the over the course of the lifetime of the camper costs uh, of what that actually is. Camper lifetime value. Right. So here's this kid. Here's this five-year-old kid. It's going to be the first day of camp. Okay. At my camp, they could come to me until they're 15 years old. Okay. Multiply that times times whatever I charge. Right. Holy crow. That's right. You better, you know, and you know that once they get through, it's just like college. Once you get through the first freshman year, right, then it's free sailing. But that first year is tough and you got to treat them like delicate little flowers. Right. You know, like like glass balls. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I really appreciate that. But if you're going to send a camper and book which lists opening day procedures from a camper point of view and a parent point of view. And then you're going to tell them everything else that they need to know. And that's your communication vehicle. You're, 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 you're losing. That five-year-old is not coming back as a six-year-old. Travis, do you want to talk to how to break right. that? You just lost like $25,000 there, buddy. Because yeah, yeah. And, and listen, what did you have to do? Send a preschool coloring book with pictures of stuff from your camp to color. By the way, that's in the playbook. Okay. Um, send um, send a booklet that has all the jargons and traditions of your camp. That's in the playbook, too. I'm going to stop giving away the secrets now. But there's lots of stuff that you can do to help. A child should not arrive. Children will be nervous, but they should not be surprised by what happens. They should know, and a parent should absolutely be confident that their child, once they get out of the car or off the bus, are going to be able to handle it because we've talked about it. And Andy, the fact that your parents are meeting the staff ahead of time is to your advantage. Some people do that virtually. If you can do it in person, it's even better. Some camps do that with the buses. The buses drive around and they stop at each house and give them their Smart. little camp bag and stuff like that. That's awesome. Absolutely. That's really, really great. Um, there's something else that I encountered this summer I wanted to share uh, in focus groups. Parents were asking for reporting of minutiae. I mean, it's one thing to report that a child is graduating from one swim level to the next. Makes sense. But some parents were asking for how many times my child goes into the bathroom and beyond. I won't go into graphic detail. Um, So let parents know what is going to be reported. Um, So they're not having expectations that every trip to the bathroom is going to be Reported that. Right. The way I approach this is that I know because my kids went to like the Goddard School and these little, you know, corporately owned preschools. Right. And when I came and picked up my kid every day, all this stuff happened that does not happen at my camp. Number one, I parked my car. I came in and I had a 15 minute conversation with the teacher. Okay, that's not going to happen. Okay, then I was handed a piece of paper that said that my kid had a bowel movement at one o'clock, ate all his dessert, you know, didn't eat all of his lunch, ate left his for, you know, and then they did. This is what they did in the morning. This is what they did in the afternoon. All this kind of stuff, right? And it scared the crap out of me. I was like, oh my god, is this what parents are expecting? When they send their kids to my camp, and I immediately like changed my communication, and I was like, no news is good news, <laughs> you know. And, and, and like went into detail about it and why and our philosophy, you know, because we're teaching independence and all this kind of stuff, you know. 
and the child can report on the things that the child feels excited about. And that's why you take time at a day camp to say to, to kids in a small group, what did you accomplish today? So that when mom says, what did you do at camp? The child says, oh, I swam across the pool or I got to the top of the climbing wall or whatever it happens to be. So the child doesn't say nothing. You know, and the, the parent says, what am I wasting my money for? The other thing that came up in focus groups this summer was I inquired about the physical plant. And the parents responded, I've never seen the plant. And I realized that with COVID, operators were keeping parents out. And we admit, camp is easier without parents. But they haven't re-invited parents back into the mix. And I think there needs to be some awareness that parents need to come back in somehow. However, you moderate them back, whether they come for a talent show or whether they come for Halloween or whatever festival that you have. Um, it's, it's, it's important that they have seen the facility. Maybe they see their children doing activities but they've at least witnessed what the facility looks like. So that's an important part. But the one thing year after year, I've been doing focus groups for 12 years now, the number one element of parent appreciation for a camp is access and responsiveness. No parent has ever said that they want, they expect a camp to be perfect. But, but there are issues and there are always issues that a camp operator, a director provides immediate access and is responsive. And if a camp does that, everything else can work out. So be communicating that from the start, from the point of inquiry, through the courtship to the sale, is enormously important for all camp directors, for all inquiries. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There, there's one of my, my favorite parts of this book, and I, I'm going to, this is going to be a teaser, okay, because I want people to get the book. Okay, so after I tell us this, I want you to tell them how to get this book. But you talked about a moment of truth right, between the camper and, and the counselor in the middle of summer. And I'm not going to spill the beans on this because it's it's amazing, okay? It's one of the most, it happens with almost every kid and every single staff person every single summer. And I read this and I was like, holy crap, I have never trained my staff on what to say during this golden moment. Um, I always sort of hope for the best. And man, that is really going to change how I do things. So tell them, please, how they can find this book, because you need to read about the moment of truth. It's super important. Oh, Andy, I'm so excited that you said this. <laughs> Camps all over the country and internationally are training for the moment of truth. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank You're you. You're welcome. Oh, that's <laughs> very rewarding. She's verklempt. <laughs> I am. How do we find this book? How do they get the playbook, folks? Tell them how to find the book. If you go to uh, campmarketingbook.com and look there, it'll give you the links. Depending on where you are, it's a different Amazon link. Um, but if you're outside of Canada and the U.S., use the U.S. link. It'll take you to your own uh, your own Amazon store. So they're all through Amazon, but you can find the direct links at campmarketingbook.com. 
And if all else fails, you can contact Travis or Joanna. Absolutely. Yeah. And the, um, the last page of the book is, um, is also one of my favorite parts because it says what it really should say, which is, all right, and now it's up to you. Like, again, this is like the anti-laziness camp operator book here, right? There's so much you should be doing and they're laying it out for you literally by month. Okay. And yeah, you could cherry pick this thing because like someone like me, I'm doing like 80% of these things. All right. But there's a lot of stuff. I was like, aha moments, right? Um, it's up to you to actually execute these things. And and the thing is, is that, you know, camp directors, camp operators, we get very, very overwhelmed in the spring. Mm-hmm. We just do. And at that point, whatever's in place is in place and we're tweaking orientation and we're, and then we go to war, right? This is about what you do in preparation for war, right? This is getting everything lined up. You're dotting your I's, you're crossing your T's. And again, onboarding, onboarding to make that first day uh, for the kids. Great. To make that first orientation for the staff person. Great. Like thinking about that and being super intentional about it. that's what it really is. It's like the intentionality book. So Anyway, it's up for you to go buy it, all right? I'm guessing it ain't that expensive. It's 49 pages, okay? And it's it's 49 action-packed pages. So go get it. And the, the things I've used out of it are used from what I've gotten from Joanna in the past of work. So I, I definitely recommend it. It also helped me take inventory of what am I already doing and is what I'm doing effective. Yep. And then you can add on a few more gems so you're not overwhelmed. Right. And and Sam said it earlier, like, you know, a lot of camp people, not business people, right? We, we're, we're, we're lovers, not fighters. We're, <laughs> we, we got into this because we love children. All right. And now all of a sudden we got to run a business and, and they do lay it out there to, there's like a fill in the box kind of thing to put in your analytics each, each month and to get you started thinking about your conversion rates. How many of your inquiries are actually turning into actually enrolled uh, campers and stuff like that? You know, this is super important part. And, and they lay it out in sort of a one-on-one kind of way. So that even people with no experience doing this kind of thing can, can do it. This important, important aspect of, of camp because camp is business. So anyway, thank you, Travis. Thank you, You're Joanna. Great this has be been wonderful. Oh, it's great to have you. Uh, we want to thank the Go Camp Pro team, Camptivities, commercial recreation specialists for allowing us to bring this podcast to you. If you like what you hear, you should subscribe to the Day Camp Pod on your favorite podcast platform. Check out the show notes from all our episodes at daycamppodcast.com, as well as contact info for our show and our guests, Travis Allison and Joanna Warren-Smith, and for the amazing uh, Camp Recruitment and Retention Playbook, which I'll have, have links up there as well. And of course, for myself and Sam Thompson. So that's Thanks for listening and making yourself a better camp pro. Uh, We'll be back in a couple of weeks in 2024 with another episode of the Day Camp Pod. The Day Camp Podcast is brought to you by Go Camp Pro and the Go Camp Pro Podcast Network. Find a podcast for camp professionals of every age and stage at gocamp.pro slash podcast. Thanks for listening, friends. Hey, camp pros. We love that our industry is built on sharing. In order to foster that spirit, if you've gotten even one good idea from a Go Camp Pro podcast, a masterclass, from the Summer Camp Pros group on Facebook, at a conference, or wherever else, we ask that you give credit where credit is due. That way, we can encourage camp pros to keep freely sharing their brilliant ideas and make the camp industry better. Thanks very much.